That is um, a great portrayal of pickiness. And, I, and I don't, I'm not sure why. This, this particular talk, by the way, received a lot of votes. And I think it's because all of us, in one way or another, can relate to picky people. Because we all have picky people in our lives. It's interesting that Mr. Steve Young would call me picky. I mean, that is just phenomenal. That is, I mean, that is phenomenal that he would call me picky. I mean, this guy, I mean, he's Jack Lemon embodied, you know, when he go, you go anywhere with him. Where does this coffee come from? Oh, coffee didn't come from California? Where does bacon come from? Where does this come from? I mean, this guy's crazy. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how we can do that? We could probably bring some couples up here, married couples. My wife would not be one of them, I will say, um, who who would just have a great time talking about the pickiness of the other person. And one of the things I, I hope to communicate to you this morning is we all have some degree of some of this in our lives. And, and I, really want, I really want to focus for a moment, though, on this whole thing. Things that people get picky about. Just, just, and the, the, obviously you're going to hear a little bit of me in this, but um, we're going to just for a moment here explore the what I call exploring the depths of pickiness. Okay, um, I just want to kind of get you to think along these lines with me, because this is a big issue. This is a big issue. For instance, having lived in New Jersey now for almost three years, coming up in in December, um, I have noticed that that. that there's a lot of pickiness here. And you hear that oftentimes when you're driving, don't you? People blowing their horns all the time for no reason. And I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a runner, and, and often I'll see people blow their horns, and I'm looking around, what are they blowing their horn at? You know, I'll be on the sidewalk. I know it's not me. But it's so funny how people just, you know, the other day I saw somebody who was apparently the person in front of them was going too slow. They didn't blow their horn, and then once the person turned off, then they started blowing the horn. It's kind of like, I thought the purpose of a horn was to tell people to get out of the way or to warn people of oncoming danger, not just to vent frustrations. But picky people often will do that. Heck, maybe you've even done that. Maybe I've even done that once or twice. And another, another thing you can get really picky about. this ever happened to you? Uh, those, ex, what I call those express line violators. Did you ever see any of those? We have this... Uh, we have this store right across, if you've ever seen our office, we're in, we're on, uh, in Milburn, our, our office building, Renaissance offices, right across from the shop right, not the shop right that most of you think of, this is the one that's sort of back, and, and some of you, I've seen a few of you there, but for the most part, this shop right's an amazing little shop, I call it shop wrong, it's amazing little shop wrong, because you go in there, and, and other than a few of you that I've seen there, I mean, there's some, some really strange looking people in there, in fact... In fact, we believe it might be a portal to a different world because we don't we don't know where they we don't know where they come from, and that was that was Michael uh, Michael Hottie's title for it. And anyway, I was in there the other day, and I just I was just getting a uh, I, I just go in there and get a diet coke sometimes. Let's walk across the street; it's real easy. I was walking across there to get a diet coke, went on the express line, and somebody was in front of me. It says fifteen items, and they just had loaded the thing up. And I was like, it was one of those days I wasn't doing really well. And I just looked at them and I sort of smiled and I said, hi. And they said, hi. I said, I said, don't tell me. You count by twos, don't you? And, and, and I did. I said that. I said that. And they just looked at me, this disgusted look. And I just said, okay. You know, I didn't say anything else to me. So, so <laughs> probably wasn't, you know, how to win friends and influence people. But I had to say something. 
You get a little picky about that stuff sometimes. Sometimes you can't, let's see, is that 15 or is that 16? Um, How about this one? This happened to me. This happened every time. We get a little picky, those of us who live here, you're in the city and you're in a hurry to get somewhere. And sure enough, here's a family of four walking right across from each other. And you're trying to get around. And it's one of those narrow sidewalks somewhere. And you can't get around them. And you're like, get out of the way. You can't walk four abreast on the cities of New York City trying to talk to each other and have a conversation with each other. It's like some of us have to go places. And just driving you nuts. Last week we had the PGA here. It was great. And I was fortunate to be able to go for, for uh, part of Thursday, part of Saturday, and uh, part of... Uh, actually, I went on Monday morning for the finish of it all. And, uh, on, and I can't remember which day it was, but the galleries... And I was just really, like a lot of folks, I followed a couple of people who, who, who were sort of lesser knowns that I know of and know a friend who knows or whatever. Uh, but in a couple of cases, I followed uh, Phil, who won, Phil Mickelson. And uh, Saturday morning, I followed Tiger around a little bit, me and four million of his closest friends. And um, I began, I had one of these little little periscopes where if you're behind people, it kind of points it up and you can see what's going on. So I'm looking through that thing, watching Tiger putt, and I'm thinking, I have a 41-inch television at home in high definition, and I can see all this very, what am I doing looking through this little little keyhole here, you know? But anyway, one guy, when I was following Phil Mickelson, who ended up winning, you know, everybody, you know, a lot of people just go, Phil, go, Phil. One guy, Phil three-putted a particular green. And for those of you who aren't golfers, that's not a good thing. He just, he just three-jacked it. And, and, and I do it all the time, but I'm not Phil Mickelson. I'm not making a living doing this. But, and this guy, big, heavy guy, we'll just leave it at that, says, ah, he can't putt. And I just looked at him thinking, and you can, you know? You know, I'm thinking, and, and I just, I mean, and we had to move on. I was just thinking, you're saying Phil Mickelson can't putt. You're an idiot. I didn't say that. But anyway, um, picky. And then there are those people who take, you know, I don't know if anybody likes in your life or not. They take just the happenings of life and they read into them. And sometimes they're the Christian-y types. And they make a, oh, well, that's okay that you didn't find a parking place. That was God's plan. Well, you get this. Well, that's okay that that happened and you didn't get this. That's and they, they, just, they just spiritualize and, and, and in some cases overanalyze the happenings of life. Just to the degree where you're like, come on, let it go. You know, I couldn't find a parking place. Don't leave it, leave it at that. I couldn't do that. Leave it at that. Instead of trying to find some sort of particular deep meaning in this. Here's the point. And I could go on, but I won't. Mostly picky people, whether it's living life or talking about God and what it means to, quote unquote, be a Christian, if we could use that term for a moment, they'll suck the life and the joy right out of you. And I want to address that subject this morning really from two aspects. Those who do this, because we all have people in our lives who do this. It may be a parent, maybe a kid, maybe a boss, maybe a mate, hopefully not. Might even be a friend. I want to address it from that aspect and also from one other aspect. And you know where it's coming on this one, don't you? I want to make sure you're not one of them. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about the pickiness that we saw so much on the video clip from the odd couple. 
the kind of things Steve and I were kidding each other about. I'm not talking about being you being, we all have little particular tastes. That's just what makes us individuals in our personnel. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about. You can, you can make some application to that in your own life. But I'm talking about it in how it affects other people. Sometimes that does affect other people, as we saw illustrated, but sometimes not. So here's the issue. We're talking about loosen up. No greater message for people in and out of the church. Loosen up three ways to break loose from what I call pickiness. Okay, and I just want you to just, this is very simple, very quick, very easy, but I want you to see this. Number one, it means that we don't major in the minors. It, 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 we don't major in the minor. We focus on big picture stuff. And I'm going to tell you what that big picture stuff is a couple of times, but I'll start right now. Big picture stuff is the individual internal development of you. The, the individual internal development of you. That's what needs to be focused on. Not all the little picayune things that we can pick each other apart with. Because we all have them. We do. I want to take you to a couple passages in the Bible. First, let me show you one from Philippians chapter 1. I am sure that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until until it is finally finished on that day when Jesus Christ, or when Christ Jesus, comes back again. So, that's God working in the heart of the person who's trusted Christ. He's working in their life. And one of the things I love about that particular verse is that it tells us that God is at work in me. If I'm one of those people, wherever I am in that whole thing, if I've, if I've in some way trusted Jesus with my life, put my faith in God, God's at work in me. And the, and the bad news, good news. I don't know that it's bad news, but that means I'm not perfect. The good news is He is at work in me all of my life because He's saying here, until it's finally finished, when is it finished? When you hit 50? Eh, wrong answer. I can speak with personal experience to that, as shocking as that may be to some of you. Um, is, it, is it over when you hit 60? When you hit 70? No. It's over when you go to be with Christ, when you die. That's when it's over. Which means between now and then, whatever age you are, you are an eternal construction project. You know, that's what you are. And, and, and when you think about that, it kind of gives you a little more tolerance for others, maybe even for yourself. Show you another passage from the Bible, Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. We had this in the program today. Seek His will in all you do, and He will direct your paths. Focus on the big picture. What it means to follow Christ. And you know what's so funny? Funny peculiar, not funny haha. Uh, as, a, as a minister, I've had many opportunity and privilege to, to help in some way. I'm not a psychologist and I don't claim to be one. Um, and I'm way out of my league in many of those situations. But, but some, in some cases where I'm asked to facilitate possibly or help with, in marriage situations where a, psychology, a psychologist is not needed. Uh, just in some, pastoral, some simple pastoral counseling. One of the things that I've noticed is sometimes between couples, some of the bigger issues they think in their relationship comes down to some small thing that needs to be dealt with in one or the other or both of those individuals' lives. 
It's amazing how sometimes we just sort of spin and spin and spin until it becomes bigger than what it really was. Think about that. The last conflict, huge conflict that you had with another person, whether it be your mate or whether it be with somebody else. Um, focus on the big picture. What's the big picture? The, in, the individual internal development of who you are. Let me show you what one, one uh, psychologist says in, in, in a book. Watch this. This, this is a quote I want you to read. Remember that fear always looks behind perfectionism. This is really good. Confronting your fears and allowing yourself the right to be human can make you a far happier and more productive person. That's not the Bible, but it is the Bible. You hear me say oftentimes all truth is God truth. That's truth. And while... A, a, a doctor by the name of Burns said that. That's very much what the Bible teaches. Fear lurks behind perfectionism, and you need to confront that and allow yourselves the right to be human. God does. Why don't you? Whether it be for others or whether it be for yourself. We don't major in the minors. When we do, we lose sight of what's really important. And how many times have you seen marriages and families and relationships and, and you know, clubs, friendships, whatever, just, just get totally blown apart because somebody is just being picky about some stuff that really, in the big picture, doesn't matter. There's a question you can always ask yourself, and I do this all the time, and that is when I get so upset about something, I think, in the whole big picture of life, is this going to be a life-changing event? Most of the time, no. And when it is, then we ask God to just give us the grace to, to accept it and, and to work through it as, it as is best for, for us and hopefully that would honor God. So, first way we break free of this pickiness is, and loosen up, it, it means we don't major in the minor. Second thing, it means, now we're getting a little more personal here, it means we don't pick people apart. Here's something you can do, or in this case, not do. We don't pick people apart. I've seen wives do this. I've seen husbands do this. To, the, to sometimes the brink of divorce. In some cases, divorce isn't considered, but it might as well be because they're not living together as a husband and wife and there is no fun, there is no joy, there is no dynamic in their marriage. And what, that's, what is that all about? That certainly isn't the way God intended us to live. I've seen people, I've seen people just run off their kids, literally, run off their kids, Literally and figuratively, I should say, by picking them apart. Sometimes you have to have those, you know, is this, is this a deal killer here? I'm not suggesting we don't discipline our children. But there, there comes a point where I say, how, how important is this? I've seen, I've seen parents at times cause huge fractures in their relationship with their kids because the room's not clean enough. Now, don't misunderstand how some of the kids are going, oh boy, go, go, Rich, go, let, you let, let them have it. Uh, don't misunderstand, we need discipline and we need some, some sustenance of principles in all of our homes in terms of what's going to happen and how things and certain expectations and so forth. But to allow whether or not a room is cleaned the way that I think it should, or whether or not you should eat stinking broccoli or something else, to cause, you know where my prejudice is, don't you? Um, to cause a real fracture in relationship is being or could be considered, let me put it that way, could be considered picky, and you need to think about that. And I remember one time asking a, a mom, how important is this to you? In this particular case, it was 
a little thing and not a little thing. It was, it was, it was a room that was a mess. I said, how important is it? She says, it's very important. And I said, so at what point? I said, you know, we're not really talking about crack cocaine here. And I said, no. I said, we're talking about a room not be, and we're not talking about a room that's, you know, got clothes standing in them from, uh, you know, whatever. We're talking about a room not being up to your standards. At what point do you say it's not worth the relationship? You've got to think about that. I can't answer that for you. You see what I'm saying? Now, kids, don't go home and say, hey, Mom, the pastor said I don't have to clean my room. Don't do that, okay? Because you're going to get both of us in trouble if you do that, and I don't, I don't want to deal with that. I'm only using that as an example. Because if it's that important to your mom and dad, maybe it's something you need to think about. Maybe I can do a little better at But you see the point here that I'm getting at. We don't pick people apart, particularly over picky things and individual things. Let me show you. This will help clarify a little bit. Hang on to this thought. Don't, don't, don't go where some of you might be going right now. Look in Colossians chapter 3. You must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must also, you must forgive others. Interesting that he puts that little contrast in there. God forgave you. And as I often say when I read this passage, and I've said it here, you could never sin against me as much as I've sinned against God. Which tells me, and again, don't test me, but it tells me I, I have to forgive if I'm going to forgive like God forgave. doesn't mean that I go back into the same depth of the relationship that I had before. doesn't mean that. doesn't mean that I, that I go ahead and loan them more money. Doesn't mean that, or that I go back into business with them. Doesn't mean that. It means that I have to forgive in my heart totally and clearly. Proverbs puts it this way Proverbs 10, verse 32 The godly speaks words that are helpful, but the wicked speak only what is corrupt. Just a good thing to think through there. We don't pick people apart. Now, I got just a little, little thing. I don't have it for you on PowerPoint, so I'm just going to sort of tell you about it. And here's, here's my little interjection. How to keep from being a picky joy sucker. Okay? Someone said, you could, this could be entitled how to, how to keep, how to keep from sucking, but I didn't know if I could use that or not. So it's how to keep from being a picky joy sucker. Okay? Um, and, and, and really, there's just a couple things I want you to think about. It comes down, think about this, it comes down to trusting God with people. Number one, am I going to trust God with that person? Or am I going to, you know, there's, there's an issue here. Obviously, there, there's a line here we, have, we, we can go up to. I'm going to have to, with that, with that kid, I need to do everything I can do, but I still have to trust God with that person. With that mate who just continually offends me with, with his or her offensive behavior, whatever that might be to you, somewhere along the line, I'm going to have to trust God with that person. Okay? Now, that means letting God change people. That's the second thing. Let God change people. Again, that doesn't mean that you may not be a part of that process. Doesn't mean you can't, doesn't mean you have to suffer in silence. Not saying that at all. You need to be open. You need to be authentic. You need to be clear about this. But in the end, God's going to have to change people. And you need to accept that fact. Okay? And after you've said it about 400 and, 400 and, Sometimes maybe you need to, okay, I've said, you know, I've said it. I need to turn this thing over to God. Or however many times that might be. Um, 
And, and the third thing that I want you to think about in terms of how to keep from, from being a picky joy sucker is this. You get your own weird stuff too. That's why I appreciate really truly. I mean, I did um, what Steve said earlier when he, was, he says he and I are very, very, very different, but we're both very picky. And then, and then, and then you're thinking, yeah, I'm glad I'm not like it. Well, you're picky too in a different way. We all are. And what we need to do is enjoy those differences and embrace them and not just endure them. I think God can give us the ability to do that. Obviously, unless it's something that hurts people. Then we need to, then we need to really confront that continually and continually and continually until that person changes or until God changes that person. So when we talk about loosening up, it means we don't major in the minors. It means that we don't pick people apart. Let me show you this one quote from Thomas Kempis. Um, one of the great uh, philosophers and somewhat of a church father in some ways, certainly. Um, Look what he says. Endeavor to be always patient of the faults and imperfections of others, for thou hast many faults and imperfections of thine own that require forbearance. If thou art not able to make thyself that which thou wishest, how canst thou expect to mold another into conformity to thy will? That's good, isn't it? He's really repeating what Colossians says. Obviously, it's King James English. It's, uh, you know, 1300s, early 1400s, but it's good. (laughs) If thou art not able to make thyself what thou wishest, thou thou canst expect to mold another into conformity to thy will. (laughs) That's good. We don't pick people apart. Ask yourself that question. Just take a moment. Just, Just take a moment. Do I pick people apart? The last time I had a little chit-chat with my husband or my wife or my child's children, child's, yeah, um, boss, employee, whomever, was I just picking them apart? Or was there really a need for this? Was this really keeping them? Because there, there, is, there is that too. I'm not saying you just let stuff go. I'm not saying that. It takes judgment on your part. It takes, I believe, wisdom and discernment that could really only come from God. And you've got to ask yourself that. And, and you know what? I'm going, to, I'm going to go a step further. It's a little dangerous. And some of you aren't going to do this. But, but you should. This afternoon, maybe, when you, if you have dinner or lunch or, or whatever you do, this afternoon or this evening, and you're with some of those people who you love and trust, maybe family, maybe friends, each one of you take turns asking the question, hey, you guys, am I picky? You need to hear from people. And, and, and let's don't stop there. If I am, how am I picky? I don't mean just for me. I mean for you. We're all individual. We all have some weird stuff going on. You know, I don't, I'm not mean, you know, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying you, you, you pick somebody, oh, yeah, you, you're always washing your hands. Okay, fine. That's not what I'm talking about. It does matter, though, if I'm saying you've got to wash your hands all the time when I take it to somebody else. Third thing I want you to see. Loosening up means we don't major in the minors. We don't pick people apart. Third thing, last thing. This is where it all comes down to right here. If we're going to loosen up, it means that we enjoy our relationship with God. Uh, this is so big, and I could really spend our whole time this morning talking about this, and sometimes I do, sometimes I will. But uh, very briefly, let me just show you this. Psalm 37, great psalm, Old Testament. Take delight in the Lord, 
and He will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the... You know, the Bible tells us to enjoy your relationship with God. That's one of the things, hopefully, hopefully that comes through here. We use, we use everything that we can, music, the arts, at different times, and, 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 you know, hopefully effective talks and so forth, to try to communicate and try to do it under, under this canopy of grace and love and joy. Why is that? Because the Bible continually tells us, enjoy your relationship with your Creator. It's not some dirge. It's not some, oh, God, here we are again, coming into your presence. I don't mean to make fun of those kind of places. Well, yeah, I do too. But anyway, um, I am. What can I say? Let's be honest. Let's be authentic about that. Um, yes, there should be a reverence for God. I'm not suggesting there shouldn't be. But I'll tell you, God and, and Jesus, when He was on earth, he was, he was a fun guy. He had wisdom and He was serious when He needed to be serious. But do you think all these people would have followed Him around and He was just some stick in the mud? You know? You think? I don't think so. And plus, when you read the Scriptures, you see all kinds of, of examples of, of God's and Jesus' humor and so forth. Let me show you another passage. That was from the Old Testament. Let me show you one from the New Testament in Philippians chapter 4. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in Him. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Help them see that the Master is about to arrive. He could show up at any moment. Somebody put it this way, and I'm, I'm, let me just talk for a moment to those of you, and, and this, this isn't everybody here, and I know that, but I want you to hear it too. Let me just talk for a moment to those of you who have committed your lives to Christ. You are to be, for lack of a better term, and this is, these aren't my words, you are to be, quote-unquote, Christ to the people you are with every day. Whether it be the waitress or whether it be those people from a different world that are at ShopRite, or whether it be whoever it is, somebody on the train, and you get crowded in there, and, 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 and there's some little dirty baby keeps trying to touch you and be smile, and that happened to me last night, in case you're wondering. And I mean, I love babies, but this was a dirty little baby, okay? There is a difference. There is a difference, okay? For all those of you who have babies, everybody here, your babies are clean. I know that, okay? For the most part. I don't want to go investigating, if you know what I mean. But, but this was just some, bless their hearts, I don't know, they, were, they spoke a different language, and I don't know what, and it was crowded, and, 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 and that's probably why I complained to you this morning. We have a guy here who's, who's a big dog at New Jersey Transit, and as soon as he walked in the door, I said, the stinking train was crowded last night, and they had a bunch of cars that weren't open. What's the deal? Good morning, welcome to church, okay? So, <laughs> that's the deal, you know? <laughs> uh, so they crowded in, I had, you know, I thought I had, I, you know, I got the, the three-seater, because I thought, I'm, I'm safe, I can work on some stuff while I'm going home, and uh, and then, you know, sure enough, woman and their kids pile in there, and I, hey, how are you? And you know, I'm trying to be gracious, and this little kid just, for some reason, took a liking to me, you know? Just a... Just a dirty little baby. I mean, I'm not sure what... I mean, it looked like it hadn't had a bath in ages. I'm not sure what the deal was. Anyway, I'm not... I, I, I am not... Pre- I have a prejudice born in my body, but I, I guess it's up against dirty people. But anyway, I'm showing you my, my problems here. But the point being this, even in that situation... And I did pretty good. I had to pray about it, I'll be honest. I, I did. Even in that situation, I'm thinking, you know what? I need to be Christ to this, to this family. 
because they were frustrated and one kid was screaming and another kid and this kid was kind of taking a liking to me. So I just smiled and entertained him and made faces at him. And, and, uh, and, they, and, and when she tried to move the kid, he cried because he wanted to come back and see the weird guy. But we have a responsibility. Those of us who are people of faith, we have that responsibility and a privilege, I might add, to be Christ to people. Now, some of you here who who, who may not necessarily be, quote-unquote, followers of Jesus yet or whatever, you've had some bad taste put in your mouth because we and I will will lead the pack on them. Haven't always been that. And you get bad impressions in your your heart and in your mind of what, what, quote-unquote, Christians are. And and that's too bad, and that's not what it should be. But that, unfortunately, is the deal. So that's part of what it means when we talk about loosening up. It's enjoying... It's enjoying being a follower of, of Jesus, having a relationship with God, enjoying that. Reveling in that, as, as this particular passage says. I'll leave you with three things. And I'll give you a quote, and, and I've got a song I want you to listen to that Grace is going to sing. Before they come up, before they come up, let me just read these, these three things. Real simple statements. Don't allow yourself, this is simple, don't allow yourself, and it's your responsibility, to be drained by the picky, joy-sucking parasites of life. They're all around you. And they're going to try. And it may be a family member. And they, you can't do anything about what they're doing, but you could do something about how it affects you. Don't allow yourself to be drained by that. Number two, explore and discover if you're one of those people. You've you got to do that. And I'll tell you something. Give you a little hint on this one. You know what you're going to find? That there are times when we're all that way. And that's when I come to God and say, God, I don't want to be like that. And I can't change without your help. I can't. You can't either. And number three, this is, this is, this is, we started here, we're going to finish here. Don't pick yourself apart. Okay, you say, I'm not picky about other people. Boy, am I picky about, I'm a perfectionist about it. Hey, don't pick yourself apart. Even God, and he's the only one that could, he doesn't. He exercises grace and mercy. And remember, back in Colossians, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive. He forgave you and continues to forgive you. And you can forgive yourself. Let me show you one last quote from a uh, guy from lived around the 14th century. Um, uh, uh, a saint, St. Francis de Sales, said this, Have patience with all things, but chiefly, chiefly have patience with yourself. Don't lose courage in considering your own imperfections, but instantly set about remedying them. Every day begin the task anew. That is some good stuff when you think about that. Don't lose courage in considering your own imperfections, because therein lies the roots and the basis of pickiness. We thank God for His grace and His forgiveness and it affects how we live. Let's pray. You guys, come on up. I want you to hear this song. God, we are, we are grateful that we can come and, and we can examine this. We can kind of laugh about it. But at the same time, God, we realize this is a problem in life sometimes. This is a challenge. And God, more than anything else, I pray that we would examine our own lives to make sure this isn't, what we, this isn't where we end up that we end up as picky people. And God, I pray that we would stop and recognize and realize the forgiveness that we have in Jesus and that how you came and lived and, 
and suffered and died and rose again to give us not just eternal life, but abundant life, freedom from, from this kind of stuff, not only in our own personal lives, but in how we treat others. We thank you for that, and we thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.